Welcome to the Science and Paranormal with Dr. Yana and Dr. Elliot, where science meets the unexpected, where we delve deep into the mysteries that straddle the line between scientific inquiry and paranormal. Get ready for a mind-altering journey as we embark on this phenomenal discovery together on United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM. Welcome back to another episode of Science and the Paranormal. I'm here with uh, Dr. Yana. We have a very special guest tonight, Michelle DeRoche, and uh, myself, Dr. Elias. And we are um, broadcasting live tonight from the beautiful uh, city of New Orleans. And you are listening to us on the United Public Radio Network. Also, the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM. We are also on Roku TV. Welcome back. Nice. Good evening, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. It is so nice to be back again. Uh, Dr. Elliot was stating that we are everywhere. So join us wherever you are. We have fantastic guests every week. And today we have her divine elegance, <laughs> Michelle Desrochers, back with us again. She's so fantastic and so knowledgeable in every topic and such a beautiful soul. Welcome back, Michelle. Well, thank you for the introduction. My goodness, uh, I'm going to have to try to live up to all that now. <laughs> Especially you, the whole divine part. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you're living it, not living up. You are living it. Uh -huh. And we know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but it's nice to be here, as always. So thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And tonight we're going to discuss UFOs with you, I, I hear. Yes, apparently so. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, it's, it's, it's really become a topic that uh, has become near and dear. I, I think a lot of people in the paranormal field eventually um, migrate over because of all the similarities, and you start realizing that maybe some of the paranormal experiences you had weren't so paranormal after all. Maybe it was something else, which is a lot of that has happened for me. So it's been quite a journey. Well, I think whatever was uh, and still is called paranormal, we already have scientific evidence for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, what used to be called uh, magic is now science, pure science, if we look at it. And metaphysics, it's uh, physics, right? And uh, alchemy, if we just look at that, the chemistry, so the, uh, the parent of the modern chemistry science. So not so much of the paranormal. It might be just normal for us. Right. So, Michelle, how did you get interested in this UFO phenomenon? Well, um, it goes back further than I anticipated, but uh, researching the paranormal actually uh, got me more involved in the UFO side of things, because at least half of the people that I was working with or the families that I was assisting, at least half of them uh, had extraterrestrial experiences, sightings, or UFO sightings, which I 
when I started over the years realizing just how many there were, <laughs> um, <laughs> at that point, I, I realized like there was a, there's a lot more to it um, than meets the eye. And it just took me a little bit of time to, you know, get involved and get on board with that because it just wasn't something I was versed in. It, it, that's taken me a few years of being I know more of an aware contactee experiencer now because things have started happening again. I was very surprised to hear um, that we were going to discuss UFOs with you because geez, uh, on the outer realm, we're usually talking about ghosts and parapsychology and, and all that stuff. And uh, just before the show started, Dr. Yana asked if I had an interest in UFOs, which I, uh, Surprise! I certainly, I certainly <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of funny when I, when I started out investigating the, the paranormal, um, I was more of a subject matter expert on UFOs, but what happened is I find when I, once I created my nonprofit um, investigative organization, type of calls and emails that you get to respond to mostly have to do with ghosts and hauntings. So I ended up becoming a subject matter expert in, in ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists mm. and not much uh, anymore in, in UFOs, but um, have always found the, the subject fascinating. I find uh, things right now, in today's society are going really well with the, you know, there's a big pressure on the government to, to start disclosing more and more information. Um, you're getting employees uh, with the government coming forward, talking about their UFO experiences. I worked for the Canadian government myself for 15 years. Um, back in the eighties, the RCMP used to actually investigate UFO. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's really nice to kind of see, you know, the government transparency coming out, to an extent. Well, thanks I, to Paul Hillier. Yes, yes. And uh, there's been there's been a lot of pressure too from some of the uh, you know the poli U.S. politicians there, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is great. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was I was really surprised to, uh, to hear that you had a. In, in, I, I knew you'd be interested in pretty much everything, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was well, really... I mean, the outer realm. We tackle pretty much anything. We have people from all walks of life. For me, I just started. The more I started having guests on, I was sort of like, that kind of sounds familiar. <laughs> and I, I just started interviewing more people, you know, and bringing on people that could maybe answer questions that I had. So I was very, very selective early on as to who um, would come on. And and because it, would, it was helping me on my journey. And I started realizing as a child that I was already a contactee. And, you know, growing up in like Northern Ontario, right? I was already a contactee and I could see things in the skies. And then I would ask, you know, my parents, did you guys have any experiences? Oh yeah, we would see things all the time. So did your grandfather. He had a telescope. He was always looking at the sky. What? Like, okay, well, all right. <laughs> so I, I started just researching. And then, you know, in the last probably four years, everything started happening pretty much full throttle for me outside of investigating i i just started you know in my mind i'm like okay you know what i'm ready okay i'm gonna do this everybody says that they think they're ready they're not but i went I said, okay i'm ready <laughs> then things started happening I'm like no 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 <laughs> i'm not ready i'm not ready <laughs> so like I'm what <laughs> like what what kind of things started happening it was just like whiplash no i just want to do what i don't want to do what i do i don't uh -huh. because it was weird things like 
we came back one night from filming a show in Niagara-on-the-Lake, you know, most haunted town right, in Canada, allegedly. And all of a sudden, this big, bright light, it was huge, like the size of a deer, went over the car in front of us. It was just it went over the height of a stop sign. And if you look to the left where it came from, it's a 450-foot drop into the Niagara River. <laughs> so if a deer would need to work up quite a bit of speed to jump that high and leap over a two-lane road with bike paths. So, you know, Wayne looks at me because nobody wants to be that guy, right? So he looks at me. I'm sitting there quiet, and he goes, did you see that? Thank God you saw that, and it wasn't just <laughs> me. And I'm like, yes. And it was a large almost like iridescent type of something. I'm like, okay, if it's a bag, it's going to be on the side of the road. We stop, we look, there was nothing. And that is what set the ball in motion. Then I started getting bright lights just shooting through the house, you know, um, just all, I mean, name it. I can give you all kinds of experiences that started at that point and are still happening. That's uh yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I love the cases too. Like, uh, uh, well, even that case that you just talked about or experienced like sounds familiar because, um, there was a, from one of my books, uh, it was either supernatural encounters, uh, or more supernatural encounters from law enforcement, but there was a military police officer riding with her partner and, uh, same thing. She was in the passenger seat and she saw this strange object in the sky and she was watching it for a while. And she kind of see her partner, like kind of <laughs> paying attention to it as well. They weren't really communicating about it. But then finally she said the same thing that you did. Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And, you know, they, they started to talk about, about this, uh, UFO setting that they saw, but, um, it's tough when um, you're logical <clears throat> because mm, you, know, it, you have to keep it, analyzing it till it's. You know, you can only beat the horse so many times, right? <laughs> Just like yeah. they're, they're, to death, right? Exactly. Especially when you only have, um, you know, uh, encounter the first kind where it's light in the sky, especially today, like with, you know, mm -hmm. um, drones, uh, that's certainly added a bit of complexity to things. Uh, Starlink satellites are still getting confused for UFOs. Mm -hmm. uh, Thing that, and there's so much space junk out there now, uh, so it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, and but this is very interesting that you mentioned the Starlink, uh, Elliot, because uh, I saw one here and I didn't know what it was, and I did not know, I didn't have any idea about the Starlink. However, I researched it and I saw it probably a couple of months ago, and that's what a Starlink. And I thought, okay, that one of the rockets uh, could also be because we have so many military bases here. Then I started researching, and those occurrences actually take place in Africa, in Australia, in so many different places when there's no Starlinks. Mm. So I don't know, because I'm also, Michelle, like you, a very logical person, and I try to explain everything. However, some things just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for interrupting, Dr. Elliot. No, no. Comment. no. No, like I've only seen Star like once, and to me, it didn't look like a UFO. Like it just, you, it literally looked like a pattern of light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like in it, the it sky. Just, when, it's the same pattern every time. Right? Well, how, yeah. how about this one? I had a friend of mine who was living in the Burlington Bay, and she messages me and she says, heads up, coming your way. And she she explained what it was, and I was like, all right. I'll bite. 
So so we're going to take a little drive down by the river. And just around the time where it should have been coming in was this cloud. And it was the strangest looking cloud. And it was just coming towards us. I'm going, okay, well, it's it's a cloud, you know, funky shaped cloud, but a cloud nonetheless. And then it was just like, like shooting off light like this. I'm going, it's strange lightning, but there's going to be some lightning, you know, because playing it out. (laughs) So it keeps going. And as we watch it go the other way, like it was moving pretty good for a cloud. And in the back end of it looks like there was metal sticking out of the back of a circular. So we have a circular cloud shooting off. And as it goes by, it's like, it's almost just like they're mooning you a little bit, you know, just a little piece coming out the back. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> forgot to cover up, but it was interesting <laughs> because there was, you could see this glimmer and it was, and it was this dark, shiny hue. Interesting. Um, I, I love, the, I, I love the cases uh, where some sort of physical evidence has, has been left behind. Uh, there's been a couple of cases where people report that the paint on their car has been scorched. Uh, wow. Because it's close, you know, to to UFO um, or uh, the Stephen Micklack case out in Manitoba. There, he ended up having radiation sickness uh, after. Yes. After experience. Have you investigated any any uh, close encounters such as that? Um, not particularly, because I got out of investigating altogether. You know, I mean. I get people to come on and talk about it now, but but I was working with a family who had was having some terrible paranormal activity. I mean, it had been going on for like two, three decades. It was crazy. And one night, the story went that, um, you know, one of the family members saw something that looked almost like cryptid, like a, like a wolf person of some sort. And, you know, he he bolted in the house. He was out what I, I call watering the dog. Letting <laughs> the dog go out for a few minutes and drags a dog in that's it we're going in and all of a sudden something hit the door and he could he was like sniffing the top of the door frame so upon further investigating it turned out that within that same week like within about three or four days time um there were reports of a craft seen in the town and there was a neighboring farm not far away and all the workers left because they saw a gray in the barn and there was probably 10 to 12 calls that had come into the local uh, police department. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, that's that's a bit different, you know. So you had a little bit of a cross over there. Um, aside from that, people just saying no. You know, a lot of the things that people were experiencing with, you know, paranormal alleged entities coming in, tearing through, you know, portals and veils and things like that are the same sounds that you experience as a contactee, an ET contactee. Same thing so with sleep paralysis, all this stuff, same stuff. So what do you think about this phenomenon, Michelle? If you're saying that if it is the same stuff, then could that be that the, everything that we talk about the, in the spiritual realm could also be something of the alien type or extraterrestrial activity? I think it's it's very possible. I, like for me, 50-50, I would say. I know my own personal experiences because, you know, people ask me about demons all the time. And, and I laugh because they see me on TV and it's like, 
you know, and they'll, I, I answer, I don't know how many questions when I'm going on these TV shows. And in the end of like, but it could be this, right? I guess. <laughs> can, you just, can you just say it <laughs> like this, <laughs> you know, but again, it's, you come in to the fact that logic tells you, I, I first thing I usually say is telekinesis, psychokinesis, you know, but it could be this. <laughs> Anyway, that's besides the point. If you follow the traditional demonic entity attachment or infestation within a home, you know, hearing static lights and popping sounds, uh, smells of sulfur, extraterrestrials do the exact same thing. Sulfur. That's in that's interesting because um, at the 2023 Halifax Paranormal Symposium, we had Dr. Richard Gallagher come speak about demons. And right. towards the end of it, man, he caused a bit of a stir with the crowd. But he he <laughs> uh, basically presented like his theory on extraterrestrials and he linked it to um, basically like more or less saying that they uh they were equivalent to like demons like he he feels that like extraterrestrials that visit people are basically demonic so, and and there was yeah there was like some UFO, hardcore ufo people that were just like kind of like that really rubbed them the wrong tough. way yeah i actually got like i actually got a an email from somebody that was like really upset and uh you know i talked talked to my wife about it like how to respond to this email and you know, she said, well, she's like, you know, it's a symposium. We're inviting these experts here and we're here to listen to their opinion, you know, it's right. their expert opinion. And, and, uh, you know, it's supposed to be like an inclusive, you know, that's why you have disclaimers symposium. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and, and like, I even told the guy when I wrote back, I said, you know, I, I, I personally don't link demons and aliens together. I separate things, but um, you know, to each their own. And, a lot uh, of people think they're very different, but I mean, maybe. when you're looking at aliens, you have good, you have bad. It's just like like people, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I I've been astonished when people have said to me they've come into contract with with reptilians, and they're going, "Oh no, they're 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 quite kind." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it's like tell that to some of the people that I've come into contact with who had the had the fear of God instilled into them. Because mm. they just see some big reptilian show yeah. up, it looks nothing like a demonic energy. That then they're 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 quite aggressive, and I, I've just had people say no. Some of them are. So I'm like, okay, you know, fair is fair. Good and it people, looks like bad many... people, yeah. good yeah. reptilian, bad reptilian. <laughs> uh, you know, um, you look at uh, some people who have had contact experiences with man, like mantis, giant mantis. Yes, I've I heard mean, I've heard of cases like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I, I've you know I know of one woman, and uh, hoping she'll be a future guest, but it was horrific, horrific. Yet I have had you know Preston Dennett, a really good friend, who writes about a lot of positive extraterrestrial stories. He goes, here's here's some very good stories about mantis. So I'm just like, okay, so you just look at this big scary twelve foot bug looking at you wanted to bring you on a ship and take off with you. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know. So, but and you hopefully know, that, that's not that, going to happen. For sure. I don't, I, I've had grays in the house and and I find myself saying, gosh, just let me fall asleep first. I just don't even want to know. 
just don't even want to know if I have to go to work, I go to work, if I have to do this, whatever, because I know what's happening. I wake up like exhausted. I feel hands on my head. You know, I get downloads. I get, you know, I wake up, you know, sometimes it's like there, you feel like you're just being like, like hands on you. And, you know, okay. The other house was haunted as heck. So I put all that off. <laughs> ah, it could be the ghosts. Okay, no problem. Um, so, but Michelle, when that happens with you at night and you get downloads, do you record it? All the information that comes your way? No, I don't record it. Um, is it too much? Is it too much because you get so many downloads? Or here, Here's how it is for me. I, I just seem to wake up knowing things. Mm-hmm. You know, and really that's how it is. Sometimes if it's it's very vivid, I wake up right away and I go in and I put it in my notepad. I just talk it out to my phone right away. Then I try to get through all the talk to text errors after that going, what was I trying to say? But I realize I'm exhausted. But if I don't do that, it's gone. It's just, right. it's gone. However, I find myself where I'm researching. So let's say I'm at my computer and I'm researching and all of a sudden I'm being pulled in all these different directions as to what to go look for. And then I find all of this information and I'm just like, wow, I like stuff that I wanted to know about before, but you just think about it. Oh, I'll get to it one day. I'll just research it. And there it is. It's all in front of you. So then you just start cross-referencing to see what, what you filter out and what you're left with. And it is so important, Michelle, that you're talking about it and you're bringing that to the general population because people are having the similar experiences, I'm sure, but they don't know what it is, how to reference it at all. I know that um, I was keeping quiet for quite a long time because I didn't know that the other people can also have the same experience. And it looks like what we do here, we approach the subject from our own frame of reference like uh dr elliot now says that those two things uh, are uh different to him the demonic activity and then the alien activity and i for instance uh over the years of my own research and same downloads and sometimes it gets so funny and you have to laugh at it otherwise you're just gonna go crazy you know with all those experiences um to me, interestingly enough, that I was able to put the psychological terms because uh, we all come from different framework, frameworks, right? And there's a published literature on so many different things and archetypal psychology is one of them. And I was able to put those three things together, uh, psychology, demonic activity, archetypal psychology, let's just put it this way, not the mainstream psychology, and also the aliens. Mm. And to me, those uh, things became indistinguishable not the, not the indistinguishable uh, undifferentiated mm-hmm. see so that is um that was so interesting to me and like you mentioned right now that uh, you wake up and you already know all of that i uh, had a funny experience and i think that i told you that but i don't remember just uh i think it was about six months ago that i woke up but uh, i think it was two o'clock in the morning and i knew that i couldn't go to sleep now someone is knocking on the door just wants to bring some information and i'm i know that i won't be able to go to sleep so i wake up and i make myself a cup of coffee at two o'clock in the morning and i'm like okay come come here come into the little red carpet right in front of me and start talking 
Mm-hmm. And I knew that uh, I saw um, the grace. And in my understanding, I did not actually know that how many different kinds of grace there are. But uh, I have been seeing them uh, from uh, childhood. And they would all, always come and just tell me some information. I have no idea why, because I wouldn't be able to change anything about it. But they just say that, don't be afraid of us. Just like in the Bible, like uh, this in the scripture, when they say, when the angels come to you say, don't be afraid of us, right? And here's the same thing, because they can look in so many different ways, and we would be just totally scared out of our minds. And the, It's because the, they come into your room at night where you're supposed to feel safe. Safe, exactly. And you're, the, you're at your most vulnerable point, right? You're asleep. You're in your, your Jimmy Jams and you're just, <laughs> you know, you're just, you know yeah, right? Yeah, no, yeah. And then you have this intrusion. Like I had one night, I hadn't even fallen asleep yet, and I had this huge beam of light shoot through the house. And and you know, then I I just I'm laying down and I look and and there's like a four four and a half foot gray like standing right there. I just lean over and and touch him. It's just like, and I just went nope, and I rolled over. <laughs> See, sometimes you even choose not to uh, talk about it. Oh, we have yeah. a question here. Uh, Sherry Punch is asking, I'm hearing the term the grace. Is the color, is this the color or shade of the entity being seen? Uh, well, that would be the color, I believe, or the shade. It varies. I, I guess it, varies it varies depending on what they, they eat. Oh. That will change skin tone, um, apparently. And you have the tall whites as well tall grays there are different sorts of 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 you know the grays you can have the ai grays the little holograms are probably between you know two and three feet and then three feet and up and some of them get really really tall like i said the you one know, that i have is you also hear feet. stories about some people you know report the grays you know they always usually seem to communicate through telepathy which i find Mm -hmm. interesting you know being a parapsychologist Mm -hmm. um, because you know parapsychology is the scientific study of extrasensory perception uh, psychokinesis and survival so Mm -hmm. ufos doesn't really fall under parapsychology but it's interesting because when you talk about telepathy well that does fall under parapsychology under the esp umbrella But then there's other people that kind of report that the greys kind of seem like they're clones. You often hear that that term that they're like clones or that they're like very robotic. Those are Um, the AIs, like the 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 holographic or little AI thingies, yeah. Yeah. So like, what's your what's what's your take? Like, do you think some of them are like living extraterrestrial biological entities, and some of them are like almost like AI, like you know, you see the Tesla mm-hmm. robot or whatever, almost mm-hmm. something like that, but way more advanced. Yes, absolutely. Um, they, I, well, I know the one that I had in the house was definitely not AI. We have had small AIs in the house, though, and they're just these little guys, and they just they actually seem more confused than anything because when you walk in and you see them. It's just like almost like they don't know what to do. You try to communicate with them. It's like, nope. Like it's 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 kind of amusing. They just clamor right up and it's just like, all right. <laughs> you know, whereas I think the the more um sentient uh, beings will communicate with you. And I think for me, like the there was one night where I felt these hands come up behind my head, right? And 
And it was weird because I, I had like Amelia, I just, just tap in and see what the heck was going on. I said, oh, something coming in from the back part of the house. This is where my freaking head is. <laughs> so it made sense to me. And it's almost like th there was like a, an exchange of information because, you know, it was quite gentle. It wasn't like aggressive. And then that's, I woke up just, just knowing different things. I, I wrote things down. Um, but the first time it ever happened to me, I wasn't so laid back about it. All I said was, touch me and I'll break your freaking arm. That's all I said. <laughs> I'm just like, don't freaking touch That's me. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, but I didn't know. It's the first time I was ever aware of being touched like that. And and you, like I said, you feel vulnerable. Now I'll just joke about it. I have a headache. Leave me alone. <laughs> just, you know, don't feel like it. Tired. You know, it's just a typical, you know, but they're respectful. They, they just, I just feel all the energy change and the frequency in the house changes when they're close. Like I hear really loud frequencies and, and when everything's quiet and I know we're not having, I'm not having any experiences, it's just like no frequency at all. It's very, very quiet. Yeah. That is so incredibly interesting because um, when I have encounters with them, they come and tell me things about mainly about disasters, mainly about bad things that would happen. And I'm like, why can't you just tell me something positive that I need to know or would like right. to know? Right. So the last time when I uh, when, when I saw them a few months ago, they would just uh, come and tell me these horrible things that are happening in the world and the hands like the blood is uh, of the rulers of this world. Uh, um, it's just like stripping down. I'm like, okay, I understand that. We all know it, what is happening in the world. Right. And they're like, okay. And they start walking away. And I said, hold on a minute. Like I did not wake up like at two o'clock in the morning just for this. You come here <laughs> and I need to I need uh, answers to some questions that I have. Right. And the interesting thing is that when I ask them, questions that uh, were bothering me for quite a long time and I did not uh, couldn't find the answer to them they did they answered that to the point that I started researching what they told me that terminology that they told me and that was uh, uh, one of the ancient civilizations in Siberia in northern Russia that uh, were just uh, found just a few uh, decades ago that the ruins older than Stonehenge and mm -hmm. that is so interesting because that was one of the civilizations and they told me that uh, you were one of them <laughs> that, that is so interesting i never heard the word i didn't know anything and then i started researching and it came so they give you a lot of the information and then they walked away and the questions that i had in my mind mind you i was able to get what i turn on the tv at night Mm -hmm. to uh, watch the po podcast and listen to podcasts. And I turned it on and weirdly enough, there was a video of 19, I think it was 1989 on the Soviet TV long time ago. And I don't even remember how, I never had it on my TV. I never had it the, in the search history, mm -hmm. never. And all of a sudden it appears in a fast forward it like why do i even need to see it like, what kind of silliness is that and then i stop on that particular moment when the um hypnotherapist was giving this um, mass televised hypnotic session to Jeez. people yeah, yeah. It, it was great it was great there are lots of healings happened at the time However, the question that came up that one of the people in the audience would just get up and ask him a question. 
And that was exactly the same question that I had in my mind. And I'm like, I, I cannot believe that. And now I have the answer. And the answer that that, that hypnotherapist, um, he was a psychotherapist as well, and he gave, he said, that is a gift. That's not a curse. So mm. that was the answer to many of my questions. Russia is an extraordinary place um, when it comes to ancient civilizations. I mean, there's a strong belief that the cradle of civilization actually began in Russia because of the pyramid that they just found there. But also- Michelle, Russia that's why you're divine elegance. I love you <laughs> so much. I love you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but they were one of the first countries to disclose they wanted to beat the United States. They're one of the first companies or countries to disclose about all of um, their extraterrestrial contacts. Well, for the most part, for their Air Force pilots, they released that information. And do you know that in the 80s, Russian scientists would sort of like laugh when, you know, all these countries are trying to to go, go into space and make contact with extraterrestrials and do these different things. Because Russian scientists like, no, we don't have to do that. We just call them. And people are like, What? So they would go to this Air Force base. <laughs> That's what Russians do. They do. We don't go anywhere. Come People to come to us. Everything and, comes here. <laughs> and they did. They did. <laughs> Russian scientists were doing a version of CE-5s back in the like 70s and 80s. And the ETs would come to them. And they and they would have these interactions. <laughs> Russian so orders like, ETs. See, I know. I'm like, see, right there. We're already doing it wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, so there, there's a lot. There's a lot of, um, you know, ancient stuff there. And, and extraterrestrials definitely coexisted with ancient people. Um, you know, let's face it. The ancient people would emulate what they what they saw, what they respected. Look at, you know, hieroglyphs, petroglyphs. Look at ancient monuments and statues. And, I mean, you just go back even in the Bible. Look at the Book of Enoch. Look at Ezekiel and the Ezekiel's wheels, and just get look at Leonardo da Vinci disappearing for two weeks and coming back like even more gifted than normal with all of this ridiculous stuff. Look at Tesla, who who had communications when he built his version of the this this ghost box sort of thing that was based on his findings, and he was he was in communication with voices that were coming in from space. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the Sanskrit, which is the sacred language yes. of the Hindus, it is yes. also uh, has the pra language was the ancient, really the ancient archaic Russian language, which was not the Russian, of course, at the time, but it was archaic Slavic language because mm -hmm. one of the scientists that came to Russia in the past century, uh, somewhere to the north, because there are different dialects of Russian, and he started asking people, which language are you speaking? And they're like, Russian, of course, we live here. This is Russian. <laughs> right. And it's, he said, this is not Russian. He said, this is, in fact, Sanskrit. And he was so blown away. He said, you are speaking in Sanskrit. Yes, so if amazing. we look at the time of the civilization uh, existing in the north of Russia and when with the Ice Age, people start, started moving south because nobody in their right mind would actually move north when it is so cold there. You go in the countries when it is warm. And they moved down and they finally went to india right and they have the their ancient epos mahabharata with all of the uh fightings that is happening on the uh ufo crafts in the space mm 
right? If we look at that, and it was already written down in Sanskrit, which is the ancient archaic Russian uh, version of the language, then we will just, uh, uh, it just blows us uh, away, reminds away, right? And uh, yeah. I'm so glad that Michelle, mm -hmm. that you mentioned that. And thank you so much for giving it credit. I appreciate it. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> I like to just put it all out there where credit is due. And um, there's so much that there's so much out there that people have no, no clue. They really don't. It's all there. It's all in ancient texts. It's all in out of place artifacts and ancient civilizations. And what we know now is only different because it changed during Roswell or after Roswell. And everything I've, actually, I've actually heard people talk about um, like going, kind of going back to Dr. Gallagher's belief, like thinking that aliens and demons are, are linked together. But I've heard mm -hmm. stories about, uh, for example, like we always hear in the Bible about Michael the Archangel. Yes. And I've heard one theory proposed that uh, the names of those types of angels, uh, Michael the Archangel and Gabriel, uh, is that they're not necessarily like one being, but uh, there was uh, theories going around that it was like a, a star fleet of um you know so michael's army was like a star fleet of of ufos and spaceships that um you know came to kind of kind of help out so it is it is really fascinating when you kind of like you said look at it from different lenses from a religious perspective and an anthropological perspective and a sociological perspective um but it's certainly a phenomena that's reported you know all all over the world um both um you know, UFO sightings, obviously, and, and alien abductions as well. Well, have you? Do you know what a real archangel actually looks like? I'm gonna, I'm gonna show um, you. Show it I, to us. Right there. Right here. Hold on. I think right, guy on the right, right here. On the right. That, that, does that not look like it could be Ezekiel's wheel? Right. That's what, what they it say is. it is. Right. Exactly. So, whose drawing is this? Um, this is just something right on, like I've just went on Google images to find it. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, you can find this pr stuff pretty much anywhere. Yeah. And they, they this do look like seraphims. Mm -hmm. Well, the seraphims are, um, right up here. The fiery ones. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I don't know. So would you look at that as, as extraterrestrial or would you look at that as, you know, it, it comes back to us perceiving you know, maybe our conditioning of what they're supposed mm -hmm. to look like. I don't, at the end of the day, I don't think we really do know a hundred percent because like any being from, from other realms, I imagine like, or even a lot of extraterrestrials can make you see what they want you to see or how they want you to see it. I think it's, a, it's, it's a full mindset Thing. Yes, yeah. because if we go back to the Bible, this is what we see in the ancient scriptures, even in the Old Testament, especially in the Old Testament, what happens mm -hmm. is that they say, do not fear. And because they can take up different um, um, shells, so to say, they look differently, they appear to us as humans. And if we look back to uh, Greek uh, ancient philosophy, and uh, uh, we would just uh, see... Um, Zeus appearing as a dove, right? Or, uh, as a dove. It's not a dove. As a swan. <laughs> he was never a dove. Sure, yeah, appearing as a swan. And he would be taking totally different appearances in order to achieve his goals. Well, how hard? I mean, I would imagine it would take a lot of energy to actually shapeshift. I would think it would be a lot easier for them just to project an image to 
us little humans to see what it is they want us to see, you know. But getting back to Dr. Gallagher's, um, you know, perception, a lot of people believe that extraterrestrial beings, and let's say, for example, if you saw a demonic entity, it could look like a big draconian or a reptilian, for sure. Um, if mm -hmm. you saw an angel, they would look like a light being. Yeah. I mean, for for me, light beings, because light beings have been here, uh, they're just all light. The, all you're seeing is this light with some sort of a, of a humanoid sort of shape, you know? You know, angels yeah, no, are angels. Sorry. No, sorry. no, it's, it, it, no you're right. It, it's fascinating the different yeah. entities that get reported. You know, like you said, sometimes it's beings of light. Sometimes, you know, they've seen different cultures or races within the extraterrestrial world, like the reptilians and the greys. And, yeah. Um, you know, other people, uh, you know, report seeing certain apparitions and, and uh, you know, angels, they say, you know, like the drawings that we see of them, these, these beautiful, like human-like kind of entities apparently they're not like that at all almost like the pictures like you were just showing like it's <laughs> totally different than what we what we perceive it so but there are um, probably so many different kinds that we have to understand that because the angels and actually archangels that i saw and uh, i go the inductive method sometimes so they would just come and just tell me their names and i would have any wouldn't have any ideas what it was actually uh and i would just look it up and the, sure enough somewhere in the one mythology or religious current or another it mm. would be an archangel archangel mm. and mm -hmm. they never had any wings on them but their eyes would right. be very interesting almost like transparent as if they're looking through you right. but i've never seen them having any wings whatsoever right right i uh, i you know i think at this point uh, they is it the church that maybe may had these winged sort of beings i go back to mind you ancient sumerian texts anunnaki they were winged beings exactly mm -hmm. yeah and then the renaissance we're the, and, about yeah the, and renaissance the ancient sumerian kings goes back like four hundred fifty thousand years ago you know like that's that's quite a long time and a lot of their depictions are reptilians and, and then you have these other anunnaki type that have that have wings some of the reptilians have wings you know um I think that a lot of it has to do with conditioning. I mean, you go back even into the Old Testament, you're getting into, you know, gods, right? They talk about gods, not a singular mm. god. So, you know, did we have extraterrestrial beings coming down and playing god? Or were they just taking bits and pieces of different cultures like anything else, it's just like any any conquering, you know, country or conquering race that comes in, they amalgamate as much as they can of mm. that country to incorporate it into their own. So it's easier to to it's a more peaceful blending of the cultures, right? So um, if you're looking at it that way, you know, I mean, I I think they they the New Testament takes out a lot of that, but there's a lot. I mean, pre-flood dates. I mean, you know how many how many floods every 12,000 years there are floods in the nice age there's you know there's just a lot that we need to factor in that's logical of ancient civilizations and what they deemed as gods 
Yeah, but with preconditioning, actually, this is what happens that the religious currents, they shut our minds and mouth and we don't talk about it because uh, who said it uh, that, oh, Carl Jung said that um, the religion, the mainstream religion is actually not uh, uh, allowing us to talk about things and we're so afraid we have been so conditioned that we're afraid to talk about something that would be considered paranormal and paranormal is not a part of the church but if you just like look at the new testament right even new testament the revelation is like it was written probably by someone who was just doing shroomies right it's mm -hmm. like under the heavy influence like writing something like that what's the difference between that experience right and the experience that you michelle now have for example right w waking up at night and you have all of that and you're writing it all down what's the difference between those two you know <laughs> it'd be the same bizarre experience you know it's well the, i mean the, the vatican is sitting with an alien skull in their archives <laughs> So they know they exist, you they know, do. for sure. And, and I mean, when, when, when Russia redid the Kremlin, you know, and they did a full renovation, went underground, they found this whole other like ancient part of, 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 of an ancient town. And they also found one. <laughs> it's like this stuff exists. But I, I think what it is with, with conditioning, you know, I, I believe in a creator. I don't believe in, in religion as the organization at all i'm a spiritual person i believe in a creator i believe that creator is not going to limit she or himself to one little planet in our solar system they're all mighty they can they've created a solar system why would they not they've created a universe why would they just limit themselves here we've already got all kinds of evidence that shows that ancient cultures existed long before us we are we are just round three, four, five, whatever the case may be. We're not the first. We're not going to be the last, you know, and, and that's, that's just what it is. A religion, I believe is a way of, of conditioning and control. I mean, control. how else, how should you control 7 billion people? You have to have rules in place, you know, but I think. Yeah. Like Karl Marx said, well, how much is the opium for the masses, right? What is the price of the opium? No, I know. <laughs> I know. But I, I mean, you just look at the book of Enoch. There's a reason that these things were left out. Ezekiel made it in there, which is pretty cool. But Enoch, you know, if you really dissect the story of Enoch, essentially, Enoch was taken up, you know, and when, when they say, well, he was show, you know, the future in the palm of his hand. That looks sounds to me like a little bit like something like this, like a phone shown the future, shown everything within a palm of your hand. Um, and it's believed that he was essentially, you know, assisting in hybridization. This is the most polite way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then decided one day, no, I'm just not coming back. And his son's like, what do you mean? You're not coming back. Cause no, I'm just not coming back. And he became the angel Metatron. I mean, so there's a lot there that why was that left out? I you know it's because I think it sounds a little bit too much like you know you not. can control people this way you just well, can't control. So let's take it a step further. I had I had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, amazing amazing guest, and um, and he was talking about you know the nephilim and. I mean, the Bible teaches about the Nephilim. So why was the Smithsonian throwing the bones of giants 
in the ocean? Why were they hiding things? Why were they not talking about this? I mean, there's experiences still happening. I think they, they back in, what was it? Was it in, in Iraq? Was it in Afghanistan? They came across apparently a giant, like the troops did. This is recent times. This is a bunch of men saying, oh, hell no. <laughs> that thing is huge, you know? So this is recent, a recent sighting. They're out there. But I mean, <laughs> why, why are they not talking about hybridization. They tell you that, and and I, I was very, I'm always delicate about how I put this and because it's, it's your show, I wanna be just as delicate because I don't wanna get as flagged. But okay, we have the all powerful creator. He's out there, right? He's, he's an etheric being, he's out there. Then we have a human little Mary and Mary is pregnant by, by you know, an etheric being. Does that not make Jesus a hybrid of some sort? Like I just asked the guests, I'm just going to bend your thinking a little bit. Just work with me. Just going to bend it. And he looked at me and he went, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. Because this is part, essentially, they're saying that you have this mighty, powerful being and this human being and God is not human. And you have a, you have a, you know, you have a, a creation that comes in from a, a human. You know, he's only half human. So that means you're half something else. But the thing is that it was normalized for us here through the religion. It was normalized and explained it to us. So that's why how we eat it with, right? But if we look further, if we actually open up our mind, which the mainstream religion is just closing up our minds, we're not allowed to think. And I remember, I'm not saying that uh, I also believe in God, in God, but through years of going to church, I realized that that is just the means of controlling of our minds. Of and course. every time that I would say something, and I'm a Bible scholar, I uh, I know uh, the, the translations, I know the language, I know a lot about the history of the church, mm -hmm. uh, and not just the Christian church, but religion religions of the world mm -hmm. and if i would just mention something i would just immediately be, be uh shut down and not even be allowed to talk because i would mm -hmm. contaminate the minds of other people but like you mentioned there were gods um if we look at all of the translations uh, uh the it was not only one god there were the gods that came in in a plural form and they were elohim in That's hebrew right. and they were right. plural so we have to be able to understand that uh, where we come from, ask questions. Uh, but the thing is that we're not allowed to ask questions. We could be excluded from the part of the society where we belong and we have to belong. We have to think the same. Mm. And that is why the, uh, what is the Catholic church? Catholic church was also was created. the newest. A, why is it the newest, the Christianity, which was like 300 AD, and you have you have religions are much much older than that. Why do they get to dictate? Go back to Gnosticism. The Gnostics were looking at the stars and talking about archons. They fully knew everything. They knew archons were extraterrestrial, and you know those who came after them would probably have called them demons. But they've never stepped foot here. But yet they could control humanity without ever stepping foot on this in this dimension or this space. Like that's pre-Christianity. That's where the control, I think, really started 
coming in. Maybe like the Muslim faith was very hardcore as well, but Gnosticism and, and the Cathars and the Essenes, they, they, it was not about control like that. It was about knowledge and spirituality. And, and they knew, you know, they knew the people of the time knew that they had, everything was in the answers were in the stars. Look at well, the pyramids. Th th that's true. But then we have to go back uh, to the third century uh, AD now with Emperor Constantine who that's wanted right. to unite uh, his kingdom, these many numerous lands. And he said, okay, in order to, un to unite all of us, we have to have one faith. So he created the essentially Catholicism uh, collection Thanks to of his mother. religion. Thanks to his mother. Exactly. Yeah, because he didn't believe in anything. <laughs> right, right. So he just decided, okay, See? now we're, we're going to choose Christianity. That's right. And what is it going to look like? So thanks yeah. to him, uh, it looks what it looks right now. Yeah. And that was control, to control the masses. That's right. So to say, yeah. That's right. That's right. But, you know, in, in the end, we it's all out there. The ancients knew it. This is Yana's favorite part. <laughs> we're, we're, we're listening to science in the paranormal. <laughs> science, bring this science. I know. She always laughs. She loves when I do this. You're listening to Science in the Paranormal, and we're broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network, the UFO Radio Paranormal uh, Radio Network. Um, from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 105.3 and 107. Uh, 0.7 FM and also exactly. <laughs> Doctor Elliot, you're falling asleep already. <laughs> it's late there. You know, guys, know. you've been talking about all this aliens and the sightings and everything. And I know. I, I might as well move to Canada. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I have nightmares going to bed. <laughs> um, we can have them anywhere. But the interesting part is that um, the UFO sightings normally take place in the hilly area, in the mountains and the de deserted areas. So we have lots of mountains here. And also in the Baku and Azerbaijan, where, where I grew up, we could see them actually through our um, through the balcony, we just go on the balcony and our home was sitting on sort of a hill and you could see everything, the Bay of the Caspian Sea, and you could see. Mm. And it would be just silently coming through. At the beginning, we didn't know what it was. So we just hypothesized that it would be some alien uh, aircraft. That's, because well, that Russia has one specific lake up there and the name eludes me. It's very, very deep. And the Russian Navy, they were performing an exercise on this lake and they went underwater and came across these aquatic beings and scared the hell out of them. They came out of there and that was the end of the exercise. And it was off limits that lake for a really long time again in Russia. Interesting. Yeah. Russia has a lot lake of by call. Russia has a lot of like interesting paranormal um, stuff, <laughs> and uh, it's unfortunate that government relations are so poor because they don't really share a whole lot of stuff. Even if you don't go into the like the the deeper stuff, like UFOs and aliens <laughs> and monsters and stuff like that, but even just their parapsychology stud studies mm. that uh, Russia does, like they had uh, Nina Kulin, uh, Kulin yeah, psychokinesis. And, uh, you know, when the Americans went over there to kind of do their tests, like they weren't allowed to go to the laboratory. They had to do it in a hotel room and things like that. It, it would be very interesting if they were able to share more information. Because I, they have it. That's the thing. Crazy stuff. 
Russia. Like they, do you know that the Russian scientists were Americans were were doing um, studies on DNA, and they said, "Well, ten percent is what we're going to study. The rest is like sort of junk." Mm -hmm. And Russian scientists said, "No, no, 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 no. There's all this extra stuff. Let's see what it can do. There's got to be something in there." And that's where they started learning about which part of the DNA controlled or had to do with clairvoyance, clairsentience, all of those other senses. Those are Russian scientists that work on that. Mm. What's your thoughts on, uh, we're hearing stuff about, uh, is DRN negative blood type? I'm an RH negative blood type. shot or whatever. So she always jokes that she's like a alien human hybrid. What's that? Um, what's we don't have any monkey proteins guys. That's true. They don't know. We where, have a blue blood. They don't know where it came from. Essentially, you know, it's part of the rhesus monkey. Um, essentially, if you think about it, the missing link goes from you know these prehistoric beings to all of a sudden here we're here so we're all we're all hybrids of sorts but there's a belief in about 30 40,000 years ago that an, another race of et like so if anunnaki was messing around here either the reptile now there are some reptilians who are believed to have been the ones instrumental in giving us the the rh negative so if that's the case, some branches of the reptilians sort of look at us as, as descendants, you know, or like part of their ancestry because they fudged on some stuff. The rest of us, you know, like not RH negative. I'm, I'm again, I'm going to try to be delicate. Is believe no one that is they perfect, were intervened with. No one is perfect. No, not everyone right. is perfect like <laughs> <Right>. us. <laughs> okay, let's just look. What kind of spade is spade? Going back 30, 40,000 years ago, you had brown eyed, brown haired people. All of a sudden, you end up with green eyes, blue eyes, red hair, blonde hair, and RH negative blood type. I mean, both my parents were RH negative blood types in a time when. You know, I'm aging myself a bit, but at a time, like the doctor was just amazed. Like, how the hell did you two find each other? You know, like you just didn't see it because it might only be in at that time 3% of the world's population. It's not the rarest blood in the world, though, but, you know, they have the golden blood. That's, there's only about maybe 400 people in the world that have that. But, mm -hmm. you know, so somewhere along the lines, this happened and we ended up with this negative blood type and, a lot of like really famous people are RH negative royal family, things like that. Mm. So, and they believe those are blue bloods reptilians. Just saying. Well, so interesting. Um, the other the blue uh, blood because of the uh, predominance of the copper in the blood. See, but they'll yeah. tell you. Well, it's responsible it's, for that. It's interesting because we've seen like a mix of, of cultures and races, even here on earth. Like for example, uh, Sarah, my wife is, uh, has Métis in her and Métis is a mix of European, you know, mostly French and then indigenous. Me too. Me too. So yeah. yeah so it will be, you know, if, Iroquois, yeah. if you have these extraterrestrials that, you know, come down here and they can take like the shape of a human form or, or whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there's breeding or you talk to um, alien abductees and they talk about a breeding program. That's happening. You, your neighbor could be a, a total half and half and you wouldn't know it. But do you know, in, in it is believed 
um, Edward Casey actually believed that, you know, Atlantis, by the way, was because we're, 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 I'm going to be tackling this. Uh, but but Casey wrote a book on it, and I believe that it was over a million years old. And it wasn't just an island. It was just like there was a lot more to it. But mm. do you know, it's believed that the true Atlanteans, he, Edgar Casey always said, were the Redskins. They were, they believed that the true royals, Atlant Atlantean, Atlantean um, elite, um, were the indigenous people from the different cultures around the world. The Redskins. So I thought that was very interesting because you brought it up and I'm thinking, you know what? So there's mm. something, there's something to that as well. But now you're going back to brown haired, brown eyed people, which evolved over time. But initially Atlanteans were said to be a mix of everything. Mm. That's fascinating. It is. And we do have a lot of people kind of uh, channeling Atlanteans and coming up with a lot of interesting information. Of course, we can't uh, uh, check the facts, uh, um, but it's very interesting what they say. If, if anything, it leaves more room for research. You know, initially, apparently we were fudged with to be like a slave race just, just to mine for, you know, the, the ancient Sumerian kings and the ancient Anunnaki people, uh, Wayne always laughs because he goes, oh, they pay positive as a slave race. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, I, I do think that somewhere along the line that um, the RH negative, you know, it's not very old in the grand scheme of time on this planet. Yeah. You know, if it's 30,000 years, that's, 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 you know, halfway to, to the last ice age. Now, Michelle, do you know anything about uh, the abductees and the research that was done on them, if at all, if they had predominantly Irish negative blood? Yes. Oh, Apparently, yes. Apparently, um, now, not that, I mean, anybody can be, a, can, can be contacted, can be an mm -hmm. experiencer, anybody. Doesn't, you don't have to be an Irish negative. But apparently, statistically speaking, um, and this isn't just, this isn't my research, you know, you can go just to uh, check out, talk to Joe. I mean, talk to ICAR mm -hmm. because they've talked to over, I think he's got 30, 40,000 contactee uh, on, on his organizations throughout the many years. But it looks, it would appear that most of them are um, RH negative blood. Wow. And they, can what? they go, they go Man. through lineages. They go mm -hmm. through your family lines. They will abduct entire family lines. So, Yana, if you've have had contactee, if you're a contactee, chances are so are members of your family, your, your grandparents, great grandparents, and it goes along. I know my family line, and I and I know why they would be considered, um, why they would be taken. Well, that's so interesting. I guess it is a little too late for me to proclaim through the radio all over the world that I'm not Irish negative. So a little too late. Even, even like uh, the positive lines, of course, any contactee, if, if chances are, if you were being contacted, um, chances are that members of your family Will have been too, and I, this is why I did the research with my own parents. I'm just like, okay, I need to know what's going on, you know. And um, I sort of left it at that. And then, you know, I talked to my own children, who are all adults, and said, okay. <laughs> and I found out that yes, they're having they they had had experiences. Now, do they contact, so to say, their own Michelle? 
I like you said, that the bloodline that they uh, watch the bloodline and they have their own records. It's not the uh, how can they possibly know? Of course, our framework of understanding is not the, quite can encompass everything that is happening up there and how they operate on their own level. But um, could that be? that those contactees are actually those that could be the uh, the hybrids or could have their own DNA because we have already, the science established that we already have alien DNA. And we have, by the way, the um, uh, lizard DNA, right? We do have the lizard, the snake DNA. What is this? You know, this word always runs Draconian. away from me. <laughs> Not draconian. What is the reptilians? Reptilians. That's oh, that well, draconians word, are reptilians. This They're is unbelievable. Bigger. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that we do have reptilian DNA, and the science just recently discovered, uh, I think, at the end of the 2023, that humans, reptilians, and birds, we do have DNA in common. Sure. And now, that now, is so interesting. Throw the grays into the mix. And and now you've got, you've been hybridized again. That's crazy. We can yeah. hypothesize it, about it, it all of that. Mind. Yeah, it, it blows, blows your mind. mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it makes you, it, it does make you wonder, like you said, uh, with the Anunnaki, I was trying to um, actually try and find an expert in uh, the Anunnaki, because I thought that would have made a really interesting presentation for this year's uh, at the 2024 mm. uh, Paranormal Symposium. Unfortunately, most of the original people that have studied the the tablets and the and the scriptures long gone. That yeah, that believe <laughs> that it was linked to extraterrestrial are gone. So now you've got you know experts in the Anunnaki, but they don't really subscribe to that theory. So I was kind of disappointed in that. Um, but I hard. Yeah, I, I did get Chris Rakowski though um, as a as a guest speaker from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He's going to come talk to us about uh, alien abductions. Right. He's written uh, written a couple books on it, so uh, so that should be really interesting. It will and be. Yeah. Speaking of the 2024 Paranormal Symposium, um, Yana had uh, made a donation to us, and Michelle has decided to come back as a gold sponsor uh, again with the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Symposium for a second year. So uh, yeah. next year, I'm going to look at trying to bring you down if you're available uh, <laughs> yeah. as a guest speaker. Yeah. Uh, Please make donations. Yes. So we push the science forward, connecting yes. science and the paranormal. Yes. Yes. So uh, Michelle's going to join us again as a, as a cool sponsor, which is really exciting. So yes, um, that's yes. good. It's good. We've, we've got, we've got a few new sponsors this year. Um, you know, because when I was, approaching and my my planning team was approaching everyone we talked about all our sponsors uh from last year and you know obviously one of them was the the outer realm uh, oh yeah we, we love being a part of it it was great yeah yeah you so know. this year we we partnered with paraflex uh we partnered with uh box boxing rock brewing company down in um shelburne they uh they make a special beer for the shag harbor ufo very um, nice Ex, uh, expo so they're going to do a special run of extra beer for us uh with the ufo logo on it so i i, I gotta get one for my office <laughs> it'll be hard like i'll probably drink it maybe and just keep the <laughs> that's I it. <laughs> <laughs> I expected highly that's expected it. yeah well, but it's, it's 
it's great. And uh, I'm really looking forward to Chris uh, Rakowski because I've followed him since I started investigating the paranormal. Like when I was 16 years old, I used to follow the Canadian U UFO wow. survey. Right. And, uh, you know, I've I've reported UFO sightings and stuff to him. So it'll be really cool to uh, to have him come and, and talk about the alien abduction phenomena. Right. I think it's, you know what, I think it's great that you have someone who's going to talk about it because I think right now, because of all the talk of disclosure and the United States, apparently from what I've read, have bailed out of disclosure, just, just saying. So all of a sudden it's like, no, we're not doing it. But mm -hmm. um, people right now want to know what's going on. And I think because there are more platforms talking about it, people becoming a little bit more comfortable in discussing it. I think it's harder for them to come to terms with the fact that <clears throat> there's something otherworldly that is that is invading my life. Like they don't all look at it as friendly. I think media has really portrayed it as something aggressive mm. and it doesn't need to be. I can tell you that, you know, once I got over my own fears of it, and as a child, I didn't. I was like, you never had fear of anything as, as, a, as a kid. Like you would look to the stars all the time. You were always outside looking, looking up at the stars and waiting. And it's like, mm -hmm. God, I was such a weird kid. I'm a weird ass adult. Then was a weird ass little kid too. But anyway, <laughs> you, think weird. you are normal. <laughs> yeah, you are normal. among the normal people. We're all normal. <laughs> normal is overrated, I think. <laughs> Just a little abnormal, maybe. But... That's in our understanding. <laughs> you are among highly normal people. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you, but. I still had to, when I realized that things were still happening to me, I had to get over my own fear of it. And I think if people can get over their fear of it, they might be able to, I say, embrace it. I don't believe they personally are here to, to cause a lot of, of, of pain and angst. I think we'll be conditioned to that. You start looking at things like Project Bluebeam. Um, that's going to be a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of theatrics and, you know, to, to instill fear. And, uh, this started in the Roswell days. It wasn't like that before, you know, just go back and look, look up your history with this, all of this stuff. It wasn't like that before. <laughs> and once you can get past that and realize that, you know, a lot of these people are getting messages of hope and people are being healed People are coming back with like amazing abilities and it's yeah. not all fear. I think if you have fear, um, it could be one of, you know, three things. One is just you're fearful. You know, it could be my lab. You're being taken by our, our own, you know, or it could just be that um, you're getting up there and you're fighting like a mad person or a mad dog and they're not going to let you cause havoc on a ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like no 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 you know but when people get you know through some hypnosis and they realize like yes i was panicky and i i the last thing i remember is being on a table and seeing people around me and then under hypnosis realize and doctors realizing like you've been healed you had cancer you don't anymore and i'm not saying that's the case all the time but i i do know that having um people who have been taken by military on the show, even when they're discussing their, their experiences, everything, some of the things that they're saying 
you know, like the type of tables, the type of environment, lines on the floor. And this is something that's more human because a lot of people have been mm. who have been aboard real extraterrestrial ships aren't seeing any of that. They're not even seeing walls for the most part, let alone lines on the floors and doors that go, you know. Well, so, Yana, you do uh, you do hypnosis. Have you ever done um, like any hypnosis on a client that uh, has recanted like an alien abduction story? I have not. No. Unless no. you want to do one on me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what happened in the past? Who knows? Well, no, what, I have not. What are some common themes that abductees have uh, said about like their abduction experience like you, you hear some talk about um like the grays uh kind of allude to the fact that they're worried about like our nuclear weapons and they kind of check on us and and things like that but what are some other themes that we're hearing from multiple people from different cultures all across the world on hybridization is a real big one another you yeah that, that's that's, that's a big one you know they they're apparently the the, the collectors out there. That's it's what they do. Uh, <clears throat> but again, you know, who knows? I, I think you have people who get very fearful because they're being taken out through walls. And I, and I know someone who was and, and woke up and they're like, all of a sudden, I'm being taken out through a closed window. That would be scary, and, and, you know. Well, it defies the laws of physics, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But somehow this is happening, and then he grabbed Speaking about Peter to... Pan, guys, Peter Pan also was greenish, right? Peter Pan, no? <laughs> he oh, was abducting everyone through the window. I know this person, so I'm thinking, was it the open? They're like, no. I went through, there was like, started going through, and then he, he just grabbed on to the side and resisted. And got mm. angry and kicked. And all of a sudden he goes, because he was up almost by the ceiling. So he was just coming up at the top part of the window. And he just dropped. You know, he just dropped. Oh. And he goes, thankfully, you know, I had a king-size bed. And that's pretty much what I dropped on. But, um, you know, because it was a very surreal feeling. And he didn't, it, like, obviously it frightened him. In fact, the next day he was questioning you know, because I just kind of walked around and, and looked at how the dynamics of it could be. But, you know, the interesting part is, is he saw his fingerprints on the top part of the window wow. from the inside. So it's like, well, how the heck, how is that from up there? That kind of, yeah, just reaffirmed to him that it was a real incident that, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But people get the smells. Um you know, they'll smell um, like that sulfur smell. You know, you get people in demonology who say, oh, that's a demon. Well, that's the extraterrestrials as well. And they hear little popping sounds or like crackling sounds. Um, a lot of demonics hear that. You know, people mm. who have demonic attachments claim to hear that. Well, people who have had um, contact experience or abduction experiences also claim to have heard that sleep paralysis now sleep paralysis you know that's that's where it's, it sort of gets funky as well because mm. you know there was a parapsychologist i actually got this just for you elliot one second i'm gonna go <laughs> and this out. this one's for you one minute uh sleep paralysis so you know in the paranormal we call it the hag syndrome right yeah. it's, it's 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 the feeling of pressure on the chest and somebody sitting on your chest 
Okay. So in, in ufology, I mean, technically speaking, sleep paralysis is known as the waking nightmare. I've had it happen to me twice in my life and I, I was not impressed with it. I mean, you literally can't move, but if you force yourself to move, even like a baby finger, you'll come out of it. It's weird how it happens. But what was fascinating to me and different countries in the world will have different analogies of what it's supposed to do. So the story that I came across was, um, where is he? Where is he? Okay, here it is. And this was here in Canada. Alien abduction shares similarities to sleep paralysis. Canadian physicist, and I don't know if you've heard of this man, John Christophe Terrillon. No, I haven't actually. Okay. So he was doing research in Japan reported the following. This guy's a scientist. He doesn't believe that evil spirits <laughs> people, you know, he doesn't believe that evil spirits jump into people, do things like that, or torment people. So he did an experiment on sleep paralysis. And he said once a week, he sensed a threatening presence, something very evil beside his bed while he was paralyzed. His ears rang, weight pressed down on his chest as he struggled to breathe, uh, felt an intense pressure in his head as if he was going to explode. Sometimes he found himself transported upward and looking down at his body. He even felt as though he was hurled through a long tunnel. So abductees have claimed this, unable to move, like when, when they see Gray coming or uh, an yeah. ET coming at them, unable yeah. to move, buzzing sounds, difficulty breathing, pressure to the chest, flashing lights, feeling a floating around the room and seeing figures in the room. Mm -hmm. So when you say it like that too, it almost kind of reminds you of like a near death experience too. <laughs> see, it could yeah. be right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. A lot of those, uh, a lot of those uh, characteristics also kind of match like uh, somebody's near death experience. Well, you're, you're bridging all of these experiences because people who can have out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, um, you know, bridge out with the paranormal and extraterrestrial contact or, or abduction, you're all, they're almost mirroring one another. Mm. So you tell me what's going on. You're the science guy and <laughs> <Hey> girl. <laughs> you guys tell me what's going on. Well, the science has not even uh, gotten close to understanding what it is. And we explain everything with all this uh, phenomena uh, mm. that uh, we are hoping that we're explaining correctly in order to avoid the parapsychological terminology. Mm. But uh, if we look at, um, uh, at all of this phenomena, Psychology does explain it through a certain lens, which is parapsychology, you know. So um, where is the science? What kind of science are we using to explain something? Because in my practice, I have already seen so many things that have been described by the mainstream medicine, mainstream psychology, that is, in fact, has the exact equivalent in parapsychology. Right. You know, but it is under a different name. Right. Now, uh, mm -hmm. there are so many people who all come from different perspectives, right? Whatever, and we've been conditioned by different societies. Mm -hmm. So whatever the culture also you come from, that's how you understand everything. By being a scientist, uh, uh, we would think that um, 
many scientists, they don't believe in God when in fact they do. And some that did not believe in God, they come to the understanding that there is something divine out there. And why? Because they've lived long enough, because they have seen uh, more than they did before. They have more experience. They can actually come to the conclusion that there is more to the eye than we know. And the Tesla, for example, right, like you mentioned, mm. uh, they all credited the spirit world. He was a scientist, but many scientists cr credit the spirit world, their intuition. Let's just talk about psychological terms, intuition for having all of those insights. Where do those insights come from, if not from the paranormal realm, right? Mm. From the outer space, so to say. And that's when mythology comes. That's where the literature comes uh, into play. And also religious interpretations, um, also science. Mm. So the occurrence of the sleep paralysis, uh, <coughs> just uh, as it is in the scientific terminology mm. it, just the phenomena that needed to be explained to the population that's all because of the different uh terminology the meaning of it and the essence of it that doesn't change mm -hmm. yeah in like my me. understanding i i agree yeah. i i thought it was really interesting that the scientist went as far as to do this experiment and mm. had these incredible experiences that left him really shaken so they didn't specify afterwards. So how we felt about, you know, uh, anything illogical, you know, after that. Did, was he a believer? I can tell you sleep paralysis is not fun. It's happened twice. It happened twice within a three-week time frame. And I can tell you the time that it happened. One was during the day and one was at night. And I was having something coming over the house at the time. This is what... But my my Burlington house, and um, it was a two stories, you know. And something came over the house, and it was doing this pretty regularly. And the whole house would just go, it would shake like this. And it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm going, well, I know it's not a plane, <laughs> so I knew it wasn't a plane because it wouldn't have been right over the house the whole time, like up. It wasn't like you know. I would know if I look outside, I don't see anything, but I know that it's obviously close enough to shake the house. Now, Michelle, if that happened to you several times, now you know the um, symptoms, symptomatology, <laughs> Look, what am I talking about? Symptoms, yeah, the symptoms of what's happening, right? If you know all the signs already, can you express uh, or use your free will in order to say, yo, you're not coming here this time and leave me alone. So would they listen? Um, the ones that I have encountered are very respectful because yeah. I have basically said no enough. Look at that. Look at that. So before he came to torment you, right? Uh, <laughs> and I'll be respectful but, because you said so. But I thought That's interesting, yeah. We have to look at it this way. I took that as as them tormenting me. That was my own fear. Once I made peace with the fact that look, okay, you're having these experiences. Some of these experiences are happening in the middle of the day. Like we had a house like next door to, to the manor that we had. And right in the middle of the day, something, some wave came through a very wide space, hit the house next door, 
that vibration or this thing went through the house, our dining room windows, and these windows, bear in mind that the walls in this house were like three feet thick. It was 18, you know, 72. Mm. It was very, very, you know, solid house. <laughs> Hard to shake the house. But they the don't window, make them like that anymore. No, they right. don't. But the windows rattled, like, and then this this wave went through the house, hit the adjacent room. Those windows rattled. So we found out later that evening, because back then we were doing our radio show out of an actual radio station, and we got a call from the neighbor who was in China. She says, the chimney is going like crazy. There's smoke coming out of the chimney. Can you go check it out? We ran over. And some a car hit the side of the house earlier mm. that day. And we're like, um, this thing happened. So whatever it was, this car was trying to avoid. It was a huge intersection and a huge, huge corner lot. There was no reason for that car to go anywhere near that house because of the amount of space at that intersection, which he came in off the road and it looked like he was trying to avoid something because of the tire marks, which is sort of like this. And he, he did this full circle, hit the house and left. <laughs> That's the best part. Left. But um, yeah, so I don't know. Like Wayne says it rattles the dining room windows through the yeah. house and out through the parlor, the parlor windows, was, vibrating yeah. them as well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was an incredible experience. But um, to realize that the only explanation we had for this is this driver. I mean, I don't know. Could he have been drinking? He had a really wide berth. I think he could have made it. It was a big mm -hmm. road. You know, there was no real reason it really did look like a, like a panic thing. So we were just sort of like, okay, we can only go based on what we experienced. And that was one of many things and things are still experienced to this day. I think with part of my own evolution, because I do feel that we evolve through these experiences, is the, the type of frequencies that I hear now. If I hear a song, I'll hear the frequency in it before I hear it. But like, I can completely separate the song, hear the frequency. I hear frequencies constantly i hear choirs i hear chanting i hear viking stuff i hear flutes pianos at uh, any given time of the day um like when my mother was passing it was weird because i was hearing what sounded like gregorian chants and like almost like beautiful choirs and wow. i found out from my sister a friend of my mom's real dear friend of hers was a, a psychic medium and she said the angels were singing for you and my sister kind of went, yeah, right. I'm like, no, no, now I'm pretty sure it's happening. <laughs> I was hearing freaking angel or or like choirs for two freaking weeks. That is so Every interesting, night. Michelle, that you mentioned that because one time I also had that experience. I would just hear the choir all the time. It's a choir. I put my head on the pillow yeah. and immediately I hear that. And then I get up and there's nothing. And then I put my head oh, down again. I had I it hear. all the time. And I've then been I asked the question. Oh, would, I would ask a question just like that, you know, the answer come to me. Yeah. And I would hear the answer when nobody was around. The, that's the angels of singing to you. But somehow they said the fallen angels singing to you. I had no idea what the fallen angels were at the time. Like, why would they, they be right. fallen? But that was a beautiful choir singing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'd be driving during the day, I could hear it. 
like I could, for me, it's stuff is pretty regular at night. It's a bit different, but I think it's also dimensional. Like, you know, are we tapping in? Are we getting some kind of a dimensional bleed through? You are tapping a lot. Yes, you're tapping. You can hear all that. Mm -hmm. But you're I hear more of it now, which is interesting. And I hear mm -hmm. little things like bells. I hear little bells of different sorts, like gongs, bells, you know, and apparently that's something otherworldly trying to be, make a connection. The man was terrible. Wayne would look at me like I had two heads. Like, Did you just hear that? He goes, he goes honestly, what? <laughs> what? He goes, it's like a little chime. It's like a chime. <sighs> I hear chimes in this house everywhere. And he goes, no, I don't hear any of it. I'm like, Ugh. I thought I was losing my freaking mind. And now it's just, now it's just more of it. So losing my mind. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps you're gaining it more. It's not the losing your mind. Perhaps you're gaining, you're able to uh, step into a different realm. Just the, when all of us, we try all of the spiritual exercises in order to be able to do that, right? You are able to do that just uh, subconsciously, unconsciously that bam, I'm there, bam, I'm there. And like, you can hear everything. Perhaps you, uh, you are uh, Edgar Casey in an awakened state. Perhaps that, why don't you ask themselves more, them more questions. Be more like a Russian for Pete's sake. Be more <laughs> like a Russian. Order the, the answer to come you. to you. <laughs> I'm going to sick Yana on you. Give me my yeah. answer. Give me my answer. Exactly. No, yeah. I, I think it's just part of, uh, you know, I, I do believe part of, of, you know, extraterrestrial contact is to evolve us. I believe it's, it's, it's to make us remember who we are. We are a species with amnesia. We do not recall where we come from and the abilities that we have. We've been dumbed down. We've been... We have stuff in our food. We have, you know, just all, all kinds of stuff. fluoride, for example. You know, yeah. um, I think we it's been there to subdue us. And uh, you look at children, you know, Elliot, look at your little firecracker. I mean, she knows what's going on. You know, oh, kids, gosh, does she ever. Right? Kids <laughs> yeah. know what's going on because they haven't had enough of that yet. So it, it's not corrupted, you know, like they, they, there's no conditioning aside from what they're taught. And I think if parents teach them to keep up with those abilities, then you see, you see them take it into adulthood, but we need to remember who we are. And I think a lot of these, um, these visits for many people, I can speak for myself, of course, and people that I've spoken to, a lot of it is about teaching us. And those are the messages. Remember who you are. Or find out. And wake up, find out, and ask questions. Don't just believe everything that is being told to you and conditioned. Just ask questions. Yes. And that's the, the incredible message. Thank you so much, Michelle. Pleasure. It was absolutely fantastic talking to you. And I hope that we can see you again on our fantastic show, Science and Paranormal. And by the way, it is uh, all thanks to you that the, we are live here on United Public uh, Radio Network 107.7 FM going live for the, myself, Dr. Yana, Dr. Elliot, all thanks to you. And thank you very much for making it happen for us. Oh, yeah. it's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. And uh, even talking tonight, UFOs and aliens with you, like I said, it's uh, something different than what we normally talk about. So, uh, yeah. It didn't quite go where you thought it was going to go, did you, Elliot? <laughs> We're all over the place. <laughs> ancient civilizations and yeah, <laughs> and 
RH blood and yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's all good stuff. All good stuff. Well, yes. it was the science and paranormal for you guys. And thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, this late at night. For some of you, it's a different part of the day, day or morning. So thank you for joining us and listening to us and watching us live. Thank you. And we hope to see you again next week on Tuesday. Yes. Have a good night, Tuesday. everyone. See ya. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.